0: Welcome back to the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast.
1: I'm Jonathan Warner here uh, with Sean. Texas is still back. Andrew Jones, three years after announcing he had uh, been diagnosed with leukemia, to the date, hits the game winner, beats Virginia. Texas is still back. Shaka Smart with hair. is the greatest coach on earth. 2021 Coach of the Year shaka smart it it's all it's all here for texas
0: yeah this was a pretty good game texas was not you know they weren't the dominating team in this game at all west virginia outplayed them for a majority of the game you look at Derek culver he had a massive game but at the end of the game courtney ramey drives inside is able to pass it out to a wide open andrew jones he hits the three was, nobody was even near him, and a game-winner for Jones, he had 16 points. Ramey had 19 points. Greg Brown had 12 and 14. You look at West Virginia, Derek Culver had 14 and 16. Miles McBuckets had 12, but he struggled a little bit from the field, only four for 11. Sean McNeil struggled a bit in the game despite having 14 points. Taz Sherman didn't have his best game, although he had 17. I didn't see as much pressing from West Virginia as I would have liked. I would have liked to see a fair amount more pressing. West Virginia had foul trouble with Matthews and Bridges. Matthews obviously missed two free throws at the end of the game. He is a 90% free throw shooter this season before that. So to see him miss those is kind of surprising. But West Virginia is a good team. They had their game canceled tomorrow against Baylor due to COVID issues in their program. So they're not playing tomorrow. They're probably going to be shut down for two weeks here. But Texas is really good. They're a top-four team. I could see an argument for them being top-three. I think they are a legitimate national championship contender. They have so many pieces. They have three really good guards with Coleman, Ramey, and Jones. And then you have Kai Jones off the bench. You have Greg Brown, who's one of the better do-it-all guys in college basketball. Jericho Sims, Brock Cunningham's a good glue guy. This is a deep team. This is a good team. And they have a lot of guys who do a lot of things well.
1: Yeah. And you you mentioned it with uh, Texas – uh, Matt Coleman kind of didn't have a good game the team didn't shoot really at all they shot uh, four for 19 from three although the last of which was obviously the most important three because it won them the game but four for 19 from three uh, and Matt Coleman didn't have his best game uh, Courtney Ramey was good he had 19 points, six assists he was really good uh, I thought Greg Brown gave really good energy for Texas and that was a really you know, big big piece of them winning. And uh, just getting this type of performance from Ramey, you get the big shot from Jones and all of a sudden you're looking at a Texas team. They're 10 and one. Now they did lose to Villanova earlier in the season. Um, I think right now, if if those two teams played tomorrow night, Texas would win that game. That would would be my thinking on that. I think Texas would win that game uh, if they do play that game again. Uh, I think Texas, pretty clear, they're either three or four in terms of best teams in the country right there with Villanova. Uh, they're just really good. They're a really good team.
0: Yeah, they are a really good team. Texas is super dangerous. They have a lot of long athletes like Jones and Brown. They're an elite defensive team, and they can shoot the ball. That can carry them. They are a team that can legitimately win the national championship.
1: Certainly, uh, and they're, they're going to be dangerous this year going forward. Uh, and I, I think they might they're playing Baylor here in next couple weeks. I think, right?
0: Uh, I think this no. weekend.
1: No. Hold on a second. Oh, they don't play till. Oh, they maybe do play this weekend. We will investigate that.
0: They do not play this weekend. They don't play till February 2nd. That's that's unfortunate. They play Texas Tech on Wednesday, though.
1: They, they do play Texas Tech, so that that should be a good game. Uh, we will talk about that later. Yep, no Baylor. They were supposed to play on December 13th, but mm. hopefully they COVID. get that game rescheduled. Yeah, they will. Um, I'd say... Just cancel the s c c Big 12 Challenge and play... That game?
0: No, I will I wanna see Kentucky uh can and I wanna see Kentucky Texas. Yeah. Kentucky's back.
1: Kentucky's they'll they'll find a way to this this is too good of a game not to find a way to put it on television. They'll find a way. So Yeah,
0: they'll definitely play it at some point.
1: They'll just move you know what they'll probably do? They'll play this game on like a Friday night, move Texas and Baylor games for the weekend on like a Sunday and there there's there's my solution so the, the, there we go we we figured out but I think Texas did lengthy athleticism in that front court with Kai Jones with uh Greg Brown with Jericho Sims it's just it's un it's really I think the most athletic front court in college basketball and look I think Gonzaga is a better team Baylor's is a better team, but in terms of athleticism, raw athleticism, you're not going to find a better athletic duo than Greg Brown and Kai Jones. They're just they're they're freak athletes, great defensively, and Texas Texas is back.
0: Yeah, they're most certainly back. All right, the, the
1: second kind of main story from this weekend happened on Sunday. Uh, Maryland beat Illinois on the road. Uh, with Eric, without Eric Aiello, um it's just, it was kind of a game. You, you're not really thinking Maryland has a chance to win, and it, lo and behold, they find a way. Daryl Morcel, the Mass Mamba, had 19 points. Uh, he was big in this game. Dante Scott had 16, and Maryland edges out Illinois. Uh, bad performance, I think, overall from the Illini. I only... 63 points in the game. DeSumo and Coburn were both really good, as they usually are, but Trent Frazier didn't score in this game. That's, uh, DeMonte Williams didn't score in this game. That's, that's a concern when you're, some of your best role players just aren't getting, you know, providing anything offensively. That's, that's my main concern for Illinois, just seeing this game.
0: Yeah, Illinois did not play well at all. Coburn had a really good game. He didn't get the ball nearly enough. Dasumu was nine for 23 from the field. So he scored 23 points, but did it on the same amount of shots that he took. you would like to see more efficiency there. He did nearly have a triple-double, though, so it's hard to fault him at all. Andre Carbello, you know, four for 12 from the field. He's usually significantly better than that. But they need more uh, shots. They need better shots out of Frazier and Williams if they're going to win games like this. You can't lose to Maryland. Obviously, Illinois is still a tournament team. They will be a tournament team, probably a top five seed. But Maryland is now going to find a way to to get into the NCAA tournament, likely.
1: Yeah, Maryland somehow coming out of nowhere. They beat uh, a couple of weeks ago. They went at Wisconsin. Now they went at Illinois. I, I still with Maryland. Like I don't think they're a good basketball team. Like I think they're fine, but like they're they're probably a team i think is still going to finish under 500 but they ju- they just keep popping up and winning these type of games it's one kind of confusing and two it's kind of like okay well is maryland good or not i we may not know but it, it's definitely interesting that they keep kind of winning these type of weird uh games where no one's expecting anything
0: yeah it's very hard to tell if maryland and illinois are good or not. Like, I I guess the bigger question is about Illinois. Do I think Illinois is a good team? I think yes, but they need to be more consistent.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Kansas, they beat Oklahoma in a close game on Saturday. Uh, final score of this one, I think they end up winning 63-59. to 59. Uh, Checking the final score here. But Dave McCormick was big. He had kind of the game ceiling basket to put the game away uh he was big in this one Jalen wilson i thought kind of struggled uh watching him he turned the ball over uh quite a few seven times seven times Seven times. the, the official stats uh a, kind of a so so kansas performance but they they find a way to win uh marcus Garrett, christian brown really didn't have any good games Jalen wilson didn't perform that well uh and they they still Abaji is kind of their most consistent score and then david mccormick stepped in big as uh they kind of closed the game out
0: yeah look i've been as critical of david mccormick as anybody this year and he has been great the past two games he's been exactly what they've needed out of him he's looking a lot more confident. He's using his size to his advantage and getting to the basket rather than fading away from the basket. And if McCormick's going to play like this every game, Kansas goes from a team that could have been a Final Four contender to a team I think is a Final Four contender because they need McCormick to play like he currently is. I think Christian Brown's going to need to bust out of his slump a little bit. He can do that against Oklahoma State tomorrow. So we'll need to see what Kansas can do there. We'll talk about that later. But I think Kansas... They got a much needed win. They were down early. They were able to come back and win. It was a much needed win. Oklahoma State had a chance. Emoji Gibson hit a late three to put Oklahoma up fifty nine fifty eight, I believe. And then Kansas took over from there and won the game.
1: Yeah. And for Kansas they they shot thirty percent from three, which is down from I think their usual shootings like thirty five percent, uh thirty seven percent on the year. So to kind of have a not really your best shooting performance to have to not really have your best stuff and still to beat an Oklahoma team uh is still solid like uh and you know David McCormick is stepping up big uh, if he can continue to play like this that certainly elevates Kansas's ceiling uh and for kind of the other pieces uh I really like Tyon Grant Foster still kind of looks lost when he's on the court. Uh Aruna, I think's turning somewhat of a corner, but also doesn't really play all that much. Uh DeWan Harris was kind of a no show in this game. So really for that, the to have David McCormick step up and have this type of big game when uh Kansas really wasn't getting their best stuff from the rest of the team, uh was certainly useful for the Jayhawks. Uh, And we should note Brady Manick didn't play for Oklahoma. Jalen Hill didn't play for Oklahoma. Manick is expected to be back. Uh, He was in COVID protocols, but had to miss this game. Uh, Jalen Hill, I think, is also expected to miss time. But uh, for them to win without those two is certainly, or they fall without those two, Certainly going to be interesting to see going forward for Oklahoma uh, what the COVID protocols entail, but still Oklahoma looks really good. I I think they're right there with Texas Tech in the uh, competition for the fifth best team in the Big 12.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with all of that. Uh, it was a good game when Oklahoma's back with Manic. I think if Manic plays, they probably win this game. He didn't play. I, if he did, I mean, they only lost by four without him. I think if Manic plays, they win. Austin Reeves has been really good this season. Korwath, however you say it, uh, he's been very good this season. He's an elite defender. Uh, he can shoot. He even hit a three in this game. He can shoot from 15. He can drive. He's a good rim runner. There's a lot to like with him. Alonis Williams and Davion Harmon are both really good players. I think Oklahoma could be a team that can win a couple games in March.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I, I think they're really good overall, uh, and they'll they'll be better when they get Brady Manic back. Uh, the next game, Kentucky is back. They they went on the road. They beat Florida pretty badly. They they get a really good win there. They look like they're you know figuring things out. Uh, they win seventy six to fifty eight. Davion Mintz B.J. Boston had a good game. Keon Brooks was, you know, really active defensively. Uh, Just a really good overall performance from the Wildcats, and they, they end up with the win in this one.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just look at how the game played out. Kentucky just dominated them from start to finish. I mean, this game was never really close. B.J. Boston was solid although his shooting is still not there. He's only shooting 17% from deep. I like the way Kentucky played. I mean, they played together. They played a really good defense. That was the biggest thing for me. They only allowed 58 points. When you're allowing 58 points to a really talented Florida team, that's really good. And you look at Florida, they obviously miss Keontae Johnson's uh, presence on the court. They are clearly – we've noticed it the past two games more than anything – Keontae Johnson. This team just not as nearly as good without him. I, you know, Florida is an interesting team. Scotty Lewis needs to shoot the ball more. Trey May needs to shoot the ball more. I think this team could be good, but I'm also not even like I, I don't know what to think of Florida because all of our preseason expectations were with Keontae Johnson. So without him, are they a tournament team? Can they win a game in the tournament? I think they are a tournament team, but I don't think they can win a tournament game.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of along the same ways, and I'm not entirely sure their tournament team. I, I still, like, Colin Castleton's been playing well. I'm still not sold. He's actually all that good. Uh, Anthony Durugi had a good game in this Durugi. one. Yeah, Durugi. Um He had a good game in this one, but I just think, it, like, Keontae Johnson's such a big loss because he's just able to – like, he can play small ball fine. If he can rebound, he's tough, he's physical, he's a good defender. Like, he does everything that kind of – he he makes this roster work, and without him, I still – like, I'm hesitant. Maybe – like, I think Trey Mann can be the key guy and lead them to the tournament, but it the path looks a lot tougher than it previously did uh, with Keontae Johnson in the lineup.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Keontae Johnson was the preseason SEC Player of the Year for a reason, and it's because he's a really good player. He does everything well. He can shoot. He can drive. He's 6'6", but he plays so much bigger, he's physical. And that's one thing we I've noticed with Florida. They're not nearly as physical without Keontae Johnson. Anthony Derouge is a stretch big that can't really shoot. He's not all that physical. Colin Castleton is tall but skinny. He's not super strong. They're lacking physicality, and I think they might be better suited to play slower like they have the past few years because Keontae Johnson is one of the quickest players. He's one of the strongest players. He runs in transition, and without him, they can't run the same. So I think it would serve Mike White's squad better to play slower. Obviously, I'm not as, like, uh, I don't look at all the intricacies of everything involving Florida basketball. If you want to see that, follow uh, Eric Fawcett on Twitter at eFawcett7, I believe. Really good. Uh, he's a Florida writer. Really good guy. He knows everything about Florida basketball. So he'd know more than I would. I'll talk to him and see what his insight is. But I think this Florida team would be better to play a little slower.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I I do think with Trey Mann, you. Like, if you're in transition and can get up and down and score, I think that's fine. But, like, with Flora, the thing is, you gotta, you, you're got you you not as deep as they previously were. So you almost got to kind of drag the game out. I, I can see where, like, a, slowing the tempo a little bit and making it more of a half-court game certainly can have its benefits for the Gators going forward. But we'll certainly wait and see. Uh, certainly... Keontae Johnson being not being in the lineup, I think, just kind of getting to Florida. Uh, they lose to LSU and look, LSU is a good team, but
0: can't defend anybody.
1: But they can score. They can score. Yeah, they, score. Yeah. they uh,
0: they're one of the worst defenses out of any Power Five team. I don't know how that happened, but it's happened. Uh, then that they goes against the Will Wade, like everything he's about.
1: Yeah. Uh, then they. They get curb stomped by Alabama. Okay, Alabama's good. Now they lose at home by 18 to Kentucky. Look, that none of these losses are
0: detrimental.
1: Yeah, but you you just start stacking up losses and you find yourself on the wrong side of the NCAA tournament bubble really quickly. Uh, yeah, so. and
0: look, Kentucky's a good team. Also, like I, I know a lot of people want to look at their record and say, ah, they're four and six. They haven't lost any bad teams. The worst team they've lost to is Notre Dame. They're not a good team, uh, but if your worst loss is in Notre Dame, you'll take that. And Kentucky, you know, no team that's ever started one and six has ever made the tournament. I, I see a very clear path for Kentucky to be a tournament team this year. I, I still want to see Kentucky a little bit. They need to uh, win tomorrow, but I can see yeah. a very clear path. I think
1: it, we'll we'll touch on Alabama. Alabama, I think, is better than them. So I think that if they can win tomorrow, maybe I'll change my mind. But for now, I would still say that the path isn't quite there for Kentucky. Although anything is possible. Maybe maybe they win they win tomorrow and we're you know forgetting all about this, but. That'll kind of be a wait and see moment, speaking of Alabama, they go on the road they beat auburn ninety four to ninety uh no 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 jelly, no Javon Quinterly in this game, uh but they still get it done. Josh primo had twenty two he led all scores uh Jordan Bruno was big inside herb Jones doing herb Jones things uh shackleford and Penny Petty, who are the two best players on the team, struggled shooting. They went one of they went uh, two of twelve combined from three, and Alabama still puts up 94 points. Now they could have played a little bit better defensively. Sharif Co- Cooper took some uh, you know questionable shots, uh, but credit to Alabama getting the win uh, against Auburn on the road without great performances from their two best players.
0: Yeah, I'm extremely concerned about Alabama's defense. That's one of my biggest issues with this team. They are not a good defensive team. And look, that's not Nate Oates' pedigree. He's an offensive guy who likes to run quick. He likes to shoot a lot of threes, which they do. But they don't do that well either. They're shooting 31% from deep as a team. John Petty Jr. is still struggling. He's not. I thought he could be the SEC player of the year. I didn't pick him to be that. I picked B.J. Boston, which obviously that's not going well either. But, I mean, John Petty Jr. needs to be better. He needs to shoot the ball like the guy that shot 45% from deep last season. But inconsistency from John Petty's always his biggest issue, and that's been his biggest issue throughout his previous three years at Alabama and now his final year at Alabama. He needs to find more consistency. I think he can be a really good player. But in games where Alabama is not shooting the ball well, they can drop games because of how many threes they shoot.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that is the thing with the offense. And look, they get good performances from Primo and Bruner. Hit a couple threes. You're not really expecting your 6'10 center to step out and go three for six from three every game. And Auburn's not really a great defensive team, but I'm just impressed by this Alabama team. They once they've gotten into SEC play, they they beat the doors off Ole Miss. Okay, that's fine. Ole Miss isn't that good of a team. Uh, then they to win at Kentucky at Tennessee, certainly very impressive performance there. Uh, and to back like a couple nights later to back that up by being Florida by 15, and now they beat Auburn. I think we need to start talking about Alabama as maybe one of the teams to beat in the SEC. I I think they're a clear top 25 team, even though technically AP poll voted, they voted them uh, 26 in the AP poll. That's fine and dandy. Uh, They can do whatever they want. They're the AP poll, but like you can't tell me looking at this team right now, there are 25 teams playing better uh, than Alabama and look like it looked Yeah, a lot of teams. I think they're better than Minnesota, unless they're playing at the barn, of course. Uh, I'd say they're better than Duke. I'd say they're better than Virginia Tech. I think they're better than Virginia. I think they're better than a lot of the teams that are ranked right now.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, uh, my top 25 is going to look significantly different than what the actual top 25 is when I submit that for the uh, Rockin' 25 here on Wednesday. Uh, I'll have Winthrop ranked. I think that, you know, they deserve to be ranked. Winthrop is one of the better mid-major teams. I think they could be just about anybody in the country. So I'll have them ranked. I might have Alabama ranked. I haven't gotten deep enough into that. But, like, I'm not going to have Duke ranked. I'm not going to have Michigan State ranked. I'm not going to have Virginia Tech ranked. I just don't think any of those teams deserve to be ranked.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i on the same page. I, I think, like, UConn makes the poll this week. I I'm fine with that. I just...
0: They have to win today for me to put them in my poll. Obviously, for the AP, that doesn't go into account. But they have to beat DePaul. With or without, I don't care if Knight's playing or not. You have to beat DePaul.
1: Yeah, you have to beat DePaul. But I, I think Alabama is one of the top 25 teams in the sport right now. And Look, if they lose to Kentucky, I'll reconsider. But rank Alabama. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. Rank Alabama.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see it. I I I just am not convinced they're gonna beat Kentucky, but we'll talk about that later. Yes, we will.
1: Uh moving on here, Xavier won a thriller against Providence, uh a home game. Uh and they they pull out the win. Uh, an impressive you know, Xavier's now ten and two on the season. Uh Jones hit the game wing Jones. Colby Jones with the game winner. Uh And a really good game. Xavier comes out up top. Uh, Another good performance from the Musketeers. And they're looking legit. I think they're one of the top 25 teams in the country. Uh, I don't believe they're ranked either. No, they are not. So another team, I think Xavier's done enough to deserve a ranking. They're not ranked. I'm disappointed here. But that's besides the point. Rank Xavier, rank Alabama. There we go.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to ring Xavier I might. They might be like 24 for me. But, you know, great shot by Colby Jones. A freshman was only like two for nine coming into the game from three. He's wide open. Freshman in a big moment is able to hit a three to knock off Providence. David Duke with 30 points, six rebounds, and I think four assists. He's one of the better players in the country, not just the Big East. Right now, if Providence was better, he'd be my pick for conference player of the year. I don't know who the player of the year in the conference should be. I guess, like, I guess Zagorowski. Like, I, I I don't feel comfortable with that. Maybe Book Paul Shrugs. He's hurt, and he might not come back anytime soon, though.
1: If, if Booknight is able to play. Well, if the season ends today, which please don't.
0: No, it's not please going to. Please don't end today. It's not going but, to.
1: If the season ended today and they do a coronavirus shutdown, I think Book Booknight Wednesday wore,
0: Yeah, I could see it for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Followed by David Duke Jr.
0: Sondra like, Mamakale's Billy would be right up there.
1: Yeah, he'd make the first team.
0: Yeah.
1: Along with J.A.R.E. Right, and Zegarowski. But
0: hasn't played in like a month, so like I, I feel like we forget how good Robinson Earl was before the shutdown.
1: Just to remind everyone, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, 16.2 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game uh, on a Villanova team that's currently still ranked number three in the country, and Pretty they good. might not play. They might not play again.
0: Yeah, who knows? I mean, when is the last time Villanova played? I feel just feel like it's been a month. Just put
1: uh, Villanova, Texas, Baylor, and Gonzaga in the Final Four. Let those teams ballot out.
0: Yeah, Villanova hasn't played since December twenty-third, so it's been a minute since we've seen them.
1: Yes, I still think they're very good.
0: I do too, but you know it's been a minute. They shouldn't be ranked third right now. I mean, they, Texas should be third. Yeah,
1: I rank Texas third. I will say that. So
0: I will do the same. Yes.
1: There we go. The making the madness has agreed to rank Texas third.
0: Texas is back.
1: Texas is back. Uh one team that's not back, Rutgers, yikes. They get beat to smithereens by Ohio State. Uh at home they lose seventy nine to sixty eight. Final score wasn't reflective of uh this game. It was it was ugly. Ohio State just dominated. Uh Rutgers made kind of a run, but uh, this is a Rutgers team. They lose that tough game to Iowa. Um, I I think since then they've kind of like been def- that loss. I think still stuck with them because they don't show up against Michigan State. They don't bother to show up against Ohio State. Uh, I guess good. The good news for them is their game against Penn State's been postponed. So maybe they'll be able to figure out in the next week. But certainly a rough patch for Rutgers. Uh, but credit to Ohio State, they win without CJ Walker, who uh, is good. They had to have put Jimmy Soto's in the starting lineup. He was solid uh, in the game, had four assists. Uh, Dwayne Washington looks good. EJ Lidell is still a just a really good undersized kind of four man at the college level. Uh, credit to Ohio State for winning, but not good for Rutgers.
0: No, Rutgers, you know, lost the second straight game at the rack. They've lost four of their last five. Uh, you know, they're seven and four now. Their record doesn't look good. I don't they're not ranked right now, are they?
1: No, they just dropped out.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely tough. I like I won't rank them, I guess. I have trouble thinking they're not one of the twenty five best teams, but they haven't played like it lately. Ron Harper Jr. struggled in this one. He's came back down to earth a little bit. I mean, you know, he's had 13, 13, and 11 in his last three games. I wonder if he's still a little hurt because he did miss a game against Purdue, which is the last game that they won. But they lost to Ohio State twice in the last three weeks. Like, they got to start winning some of these games. Geo Baker, it's time to take him out of the starting lineup, I think. He's been pretty bad this season. He's shooting 36% from the field, 22% from deep. I think you're better off starting Paul Mulcahy or Caleb McConnell. I mean, Geo Baker just hasn't been good this season. He's taking a ton of shots, and he's not making many of them. You've got to take him out of the starting line and maybe let him run the second unit. I think this team is better off with Baker on the bench for now, though.
1: Yeah, I do think Jacob Young's the, the superior point guard as well because Jacob Young, mm-hmm. we we talk about this Rutgers team struggling. Jacob Young has not struggling. He's been
0: probably Montez about them. his Mathis skin. has been great. Yeah, I mean, Baker's the fifth best player on this team right now. Yeah. Like, Johnson's better than him. Young's better than him. Mathis is better than him. Harper's obviously better than him. Geo Baker is just not playing good right now, and that's part of their problem. I mean, they have a guy who's shooting 22%, and Geo Baker's a talented guy, but he's shooting 22% from deep. I just, it's tough for me to see a guy that's shooting... He's 8-for-35 from deep. He's 27-for-75 from the field. He's taking a lot of shots, and he's just not making them. When you have a guy that can he can get it going at any point, but he also is just not good right now. So I think in the starting lineup, you need to insert Mulcahy or McConnell and just run with that for now and see how it goes.
1: Yeah. I would throw Mulcahy in the lineup because th- when they were winning earlier in the season, it was Mulcahy playing at the kind of, mm-hmm. it was him and Harper playing at the three and the four. Now they're trying to go three guards with Harper at the four. And it just, just put Paul Mulcahy back in the lineup uh, at the starting lineup and see see if that works. Have Joe Baker come off the bench. It's, I, I think you guys start, you know, tweaking some things you've lost three straight games start tweaking some things uh and i think i think workers is still a tournament team uh, i still think they're top 25 team i think they're they are a good team they just you team struggle and it's a pandemic year team struggle um the i think they'll be be fine long term going forward it's just gotta gotta figure some in-season stuff out uh, and the sooner the better for Rutgers. Yeah, definitely. Uh moving on here, moving to the pac twelve. Uh West Coast, best coast. Uh USC beat Arizona State 73 to 64. Uh certainly good performance from Evan Mobley. Uh, but Arizona State drops to four and five. Now they haven't had Remy Martin, who's their best player. Uh Jalen Graham's still out. Uh Jalen House is out uh it's kind of a it's not really good start for Arizona State to this season uh and certainly like they have a ton of talent on the team they've lost a couple games and now they they're dealing with uh Remy Martin being out uh this one i think more so to do with covid protocols the last one due to death in the family uh just kind of a tough start start to the season for Arizona State
0: yeah, it's not been a great start for the Sun Devils. They have lost three straight games. They've lost four of five. Their only win recent, or I mean, not even that recently as a month ago, was against Grand Canyon on the road. They need to start to string together some wins. Remy Martin was out due to the funeral of his grandfather and wasn't able to get back in clear enough COVID protocols in time to play against USC. Obviously, it was a tough two losses for the Sun Devils at home. But when you're playing with really six players, because you don't want to play Pablo Zuba and you don't want to play Caleb Christopher, those are two guys you don't want on the floor. You're really playing with six players. Chris Austin got in foul trouble. Kamani Lawrence got in foul trouble. Then you're down to having to play those guys you don't want to play. And Pablo Zuba in overtime against UCLA got dominated by Cody Riley. It it was just tough because when you're that shorthanded, it's tough to win, but that's what happens in this kind of year uh cherry and house are out with COVID issues uh as mono i mean it's just not stuff you can really plan for but the sun devils they aren't out of it they need to start to string together some wins and they need to win some good games they play oregon this week on the road they need to win that game
1: Yeah, yeah most definitely uh in order to get back in the ncaa tournament picture uh ucla they went on the road they beat arizona 81 to 76 uh, so they complete the Arizona sweep along with Arizona or USC. Uh certainly I'm impressed with UCLA to get this win Tiger Campbell had 22, uh Juzang had 16 and to get this without Chris Smith. Chris Smith tears his ACL out for the season and for the team to come together say we need to get these two wins and to go out and get those two wins. Uh I'm impressed with UCLA and they they certainly look like one of the teams that can uh, contend and win the Pac-12, even without their best player.
0: Yeah, UCLA is the best team in the conference, in my opinion. You look at Tiger Campbell, the way he plays, the uh, big man duo of Jalen Hill and Cody Riley. Johnny Zang started to uh, get it together. Jake Kyman, David Singleton will play big roles off the bench. Jules Bernard has been pretty good. Jaime Hawkins is a candidate for Pac-12 Player of the Year. Mick Cronin's built a culture in Westwood, and it's a really good team. UCLA can be dangerous; they can win some tournament games this year. This is UCLA's best team since the Lonzo year.
1: Yep, I I, I agree with the UCLA best team since the Lonzo era. They're really good.
0: Very very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, so moving on here, it is pick time. Uh we we obviously have to start with Tuesday's game of the night. Wisconsin at Michigan. Uh Michigan is favored by five and a half according to our good buddy Eric Haslam over at Go check that out. Uh who who do you like with the spread in this one?
0: Uh you said Michigan giving five and a half.
1: Yep, they're favored by five and a half.
0: I think they'll cover that. I think they'll win by, I think I said eight in my prediction on the site. Uh, So I said seven or eight. I think it was 80 to 73 or something like that. So I think that Michigan will win this game. Hunter Dickinson's going to be too tough to stop. You'll get Micah Potter in foul trouble. I just think that overall, you look at what Michigan has. You have Franz Wagner, Isaiah Livers. You have the guard duo with Eli Brooks and Mike Smith, Shawnee Brown. They are a deep team. They are a talented team that can defend. They can shoot. They can play inside and out. Dickinson can find shooters on the outside when he's doubled. I just don't think Wisconsin has the talent, the depth, or the athleticism to keep up with Michigan.
1: I will go with Wisconsin. Uh, this is kind of the first game Michigan's had really a challenge. Uh, Wisconsin, I think, can really defend inside Dickinson, and they're a team that you know, will force some turnovers. It's not going to be uh, – easy for the Michigan guards who really haven't been tested this year. Brad Davidson's going to obviously try to take charges to make sure Trice is a good defender. I like the Badgers to win on the road uh, against all odds. Give me them uh, to win the game. Bold prediction of the day. There we go. And the official line is actually three and a half because I, I forgot to check the official lines. They are out. Michigan's favored by three and a half,
0: which Michigan is not going to change our long. picks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Either way, our picks remain the same. Uh, Kansas will play at Oklahoma State, uh, a game on the ESPN Plus. Oklahoma State's uh, two two and a half point underdogs against the Jayhawks. Um, this this is this is uh I'll I'll take Kansas to. Win and cover. Uh, the rule for me is under three. You go with the team who you think is going to win the game. I'll take Kansas.
0: Yeah, I think Kansas will win and cover. I don't like the play inside from Oklahoma State having to defend David McCormick, M. A. Moncrief, and the Boone twins. I don't think we'll be able to keep up with him. I think that the shooters for Oklahoma State need to come up, or they're definitely going to lose. They need Rondo Walker, Ferron, Flavors and Bryce Williams have a good game when likely in Cunningham find them, or they're going to lose. I think Kansas wins, though. I think they're a ta- more talented team top to bottom. I think they're better coach. I think Kansas is just the better team.
1: Yeah, I agree with all those sentiments. Uh, next one, Alabama at Kentucky. Um, this is not on the top 25 games, but Kentucky is favored by one and a half points. Do you like the Wildcats?
0: I do. I think the Wildcats look really good right now. Dante Allen has changed the outlook for this team. I don't think it matters if Terrence Clark plays or not, because he can't shoot, and I think he kind of makes their offense jumble together, and they aren't able to spread the floor enough. I think Kentucky is able to play good defense on Alabama, something Alabama won't be able to do on Kentucky, and I think Kentucky wins by seven. Well,
1: my prediction, of course, is Alabama. I think I just look at this team. They're really good offensively. They're just fantastic. Herb Jones has been really good at the forest, by. I think he's going to match up really well uh, defensively. Uh, and I just like this Alabama team. I think Petty will have a good game. Uh, they move the ball really well offensively is not an issue. And I think they'll just outscore Kentucky. Kentucky's not really even had a game this year where – They have to go out and score 75, 80 points. This is that game because they're going to have to score to win.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. It'll be a fun game, but I think Kentucky wins.
1: And I am, of course, going with Alabama. Roll Tide. Um, Does Alabama win the national championship tonight?
0: I do. And if you're asking if I think they cover, what is it, eight and a half? I think they cover that. If it's nine, I think they cover that. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of college football, too. I just think that Ohio State's being overrated because of the way they beat Clemson. Clemson beat themselves. Ohio State didn't beat Clemson. I think that, uh, you know, Matt Jones, to uh, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell, if he's able to come back, he, Matt Jones might throw for 500 yards. I think Alabama wins another title.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Alabama as well. Uh, four more games. Wednesday, Texas Tech will play at Texas. Texas is favored by one and a half according to Matrix. Do you like Texas?
0: Texas is back. I mean, Texas is just back going Texas. Yeah, I I agree. I think... It,
1: wait, so this game is... So it's played at Texas and it's only a one and a half point spread? good yeah, I don't be. think that...
0: What does Ken Pomp say? Check Ken Pomp. Uh, so I, don't I have check that. It. I'll check it. Hold up. Give me uh, two seconds. I have to get back to the website. But I, Yeah, I, Texas
1: I think is going to win by, by like 10, 20. 20? 30?
0: I 40. mean, I don't think it's a close game. I don't think Texas Tech is very good. I think they're I think it could be operated.
1: like. I think it could be like an eight point game. Like, Texas just gives up for
0: portion yeah let me see here uh i would guess it's probably texas given six or seven and i think they'll be able to cover that just because i i don't trust mac mcclung i don't trust the shooting of texas tech they're obviously a good defensive team but as a whole there's a lot of questions with texas tech's offense tyler edwards kevin mcculler they're both gonna need to have big games and i am pulling up ken palm now texas is favored by four. Yeah, we'll
1: ta- we'll both take Texas with the spread. Yeah. yeah. Um, No Nomari Burnett. Uh, maybe that's helpful to Texas Tech, but that's about it. Because I've heard that he wasn't a great team player. So I-, I guess maybe that it's addition by subtraction, but even then Texas is better. Yeah, for sure. Um, Four-point spread in favor of Indiana. They will be hosting Purdue. Uh, This is a game recently Purdue's won a lot of times. Uh, I will take Indiana, though. I think Trace Jackson Davis is the best player on the court. Um, And I think the Hoosiers find a way to shoot. I don't really particularly like either of these teams, but at home I'll take Indiana, too win and cover the spread.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't love either of these teams. Trayvon Williams versus Trace Jackson Davis should be a fun matchup to watch. Obviously, Purdue's coming off the win at Michigan State. Anthony Leal has looked really good for Indiana lately with his three-point shooting abilities added a little bit. I guess we'll have to see if Armand Franklin plays. But Rob Finnessy's looked significantly better lately. I think Indiana is able to defend home court.
1: Right. Two more. Oregon will host Arizona State. They will be eight and a half points favorites according to Haslam metrics. I anticipate Remy Martin will play. So, do you like the Sun Devils to cover?
0: Yeah, I think Oregon probably wins. I think Arizona State covers.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of along the same page. I think if Remy Martin's playing, it'll at least be a close game. Uh, I think Oregon wins, but I I like getting the points with Arizona State and last one uh, BYU at St. Mary's the second or the third and fourth best teams behind Gonzaga and San Francisco um, but this, this is going to be a fun game I think the one team has to sweep this season series in order for the league to probably get two bids and um, and St. Mary's is favored by five, according to Haslametrics. I'll take BYU to win outright, though.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the Cougars are a better team. You look at what I don't know if Alex Dukas or Lemmon Bockler play for St. Mary's. They missed their most recent game where they lost at home to Herb Sendex, Santa Clara Broncos. I don't love the St. Mary's team. I've had issues with them coming into the season. They've looked at a lot better than I'd imagined. Tommy Cousy, former walk-on, has been very good. Matthias Toss has been good at times. But as a whole, you look at what you're. You look at these teams, I think BYU is significantly better. Alex Barcelo is one of the better shooters in the country. Matt Harms, when he gets inside, he's a dangerous player. I like him quite a bit when he is being aggressive, not when he's being a little soft and not going at the hoop using his size. Spencer Johnson's a good shooter. Gideon George needs to play more Juco player. He is really good. He's a super athlete. He's the best athlete on the team, and they just don't play him enough. He played 20 minutes against Gonzaga, but that game was out of hand when they started playing him more. He needs to play over Caleb Lohner. I don't think Lohner is very good, and I think Daniel Foch, you can go in and kind of bully Lohner a little bit, but I think BYU will be able to win this one.
1: Yeah, give me BYU. Uh, So that will wrap up with the picks.
0: Now moving on to some notes. The big O, Oscar Sheboy,
1: is off to Kentucky. Uh, so the West Virginia transfer it was highly, you know, predictable that he's going to make this decision, but he has decided to head to Kentucky. Uh, what are your quick thoughts from this transfer?
0: Yeah, I mean, you and I predicted this a uh, week ago. A lot of people, I feel like, were overthinking it. I saw a lot of buzz with him in Miami. I was never buying into that feel like it was just a obvious decision that he was headed to Kentucky and you look at what it could mean for the Wildcats next season as Shiboy obviously can't play this year for the Wildcats but he'll be able to go next season they're going to lose Isaiah Jackson they're likely going to lose Olivier Sar Lance Ware is probably back they had Damian Collins Top 15 recruit next season. Sheehey's gonna slide right in and start probably alongside Lance Ware and teach a guy like Damian Collins, who's gonna be the future of the Kentucky uh, front court. So Sheehey, I mean, he's a great player. We've seen what he can do at West Virginia for two year or a year and a half now. He's uh, super strong, 6'9", 270 pounds. He's able to bully anybody on the block. He just needs to be showing more effort. I think that was one of the biggest issues with him at West Virginia this season, why his stats took a uh, downturn, because he just didn't look the same. He didn't look as fast. He was missing some easy shots. I don't know what that to attribute that to, but I'm going to assume we're going to get the good version of Sheboy at Kentucky. And if he could be one of the top players in the SEC next season, this isn't one of the oh, Olivier Sarr is going to win an SEC player of the year or Reed Travis is. It's not one of those because Oscar Sheboy is a legitimate NBA talent, unlike those two guys. And I think that is going to be huge for Kentucky. I think he could be their best player next season. And I think that he's going to make them a really dangerous team next year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree on love what you said. I think with Sheboy, he's going to come in. He's going to play the five. You can put... I would, say put maybe Damian collins next to him and just have collins play the four i think he's kind of a more mobile big man sheboy play the five or however coach calipari wants to do it he can find a way uh and look he'll come into kentucky he's a physical force great rebounder great interior score he's i think Cal Perry's going to get the best effort out of him he's not going to come out and just, you know, stink up the joint 6.4 rebounds or those type of games. I think he's going to go out there and have, you know, consistent performance. And he'll have to because Kentucky's really talented again next year. You you have Lance Ware, you have Damian Collins. Uh, you could maybe even say Jacob Toppin if he'll he'll be back. Maybe Isaiah Jackson or Libby Sarr come back. Uh, but
0: I would say that, Sarr maybe.
1: Sar maybe, yeah. But they'll have talented pieces, and Chiba is going to have to work to get his mitts. It's it's not like West Virginia where he gets kind of force-fed Mets just because he's the more talented player. Uh, he'll have to work because talent, talent is certainly uh, something that Kentucky will have, uh, and he's going to come in. I think he's going to do really well. I think it will be a one-and-done season for him, at Kentucky and that that's something I think they're they're really looking forward to.
0: Yeah, I mean Shiboy's gonna be the top player on the transfer portal anytime in the upcoming year, and Kentucky got him before the season even ended. I mean what a snag that was there's not gonna be anybody better than Oscar Shibway in the transfer portal. It's not gonna happen. He's a five star recruit. He was really good. He's already a proven commodity in college basketball. And he's going to be huge in the SEC. He's going to be one of the top players in the country next season. And John Calipari got maybe his best transfer ever.
1: Yeah, it it's certainly probably I'd say best transfer ever would be pretty accurate. Uh, Kentucky's going to be once again loaded if they. And the thing is, if they can figure out their backcourt with uh, Askew looking like he's going to be there for another year, and they're looking really good at the point guard spot i think that would be big Uh, i will i'm sure they'll find spots uh i think clark and boston are probably both gone but Mm -hmm. i'm sure they'll find add a
0: grad transfer or just add a transfer guard just to have more depth you know look at amari burnett look at caleb mills i know they're already in on caleb mills but other guys are undoubtedly going to enter the transfer portal Look at a guy who's played, yeah. you know, at, at high major levels already maybe and see if any of them want to come down to Lexington and play a bench role like Davion Mintz is this season.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, looking at their 2021 recruiting class, right Right now they really don't have a ton of uh, recruits coming at the guard spots, but I'm sure, like, as, you know, things start to open up, uh, they like right now they've they're projected to get this Jaden Hardy kid who's a five star recruit number Brother four in the, Marley r- Hardy yeah uh five star combo guard uh number four recruit according to 247 sports uh they're 46% according to the to 247 to get Hunter Salas uh if they they get one of those players that's going to be you know a good backcourt piece They they they'll find guys too
0: yeah i think hardy's gonna end up at kentucky i think salas is probably gonzaga bound just based off what i've read but if they could get hardy get a grad transfer guard just an experienced guy that bode well for kentucky
1: yeah i think ask you you get one of the hardy or salas and then you just kind of plug away that's That's, I think, what Kentucky is probably looking at in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, make sure to subscribe to Making the Madness both here on YouTube and the podcast app. Uh, Make sure to do that, and uh, we will be back.